You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to everybody's favourite show that covers Lost, the Oz Network, as we come back to you for everybody's favourite person in the world, a Claire episode when it comes to our Lost coverage. Yes, that's right. You've been waiting for it. It's been a while, but it's time to hear about my baby. Because we are here to talk about the third season episode, the 12th episode to be precise, Par Avion, that first aired on the 14th of March, 2007. It was written by Christina M. Kim and Jordan Rosenberg and directed by the Paul Edwards. And it's a Claire episode, so that sums about up what we're about to talk about today. My name is Ben, and let's chop the little cherub off with Auntie Sun and Uncle Jin, and you and I go for a little stroll. My name's Noah, and I'm the only Australian who loves goals. <laughs> um, this is the last Claire episode, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, goody! Yeah, it's Claire episode! <laughs> <laughs> um, which, look, you know, it's been a while since we've heard about my baby! Um, and I think I've got a bit of a good track record. I think I've binned every Claire episode so far, haven't I? <laughs> so... Um, yeah, Paravion. Noah, you're the lost fan here, the bigger one. How, how do you think about what do you think about this episode? I mean, it's fine. Um, there's a big revolution in it, so at the time of viewing it, it was more than a lot of the episodes around this time. Um, I don't know. I'm very down on Claire, especially this rewatch. But all three of her episodes, I think, are fine. This is probably the weakest of them. Um, didn't yeah? Didn't we have this plot line with Bernard last year? Like, <laughs> it's kind of just recycling the same thing. But yeah, again, the flashback does bring some stuff, and I like the pylon stuff. Like, ironically, the stuff about Claire is quite good. <laughs> um, I believe I'm not 100 percent sure, but I believe we're now at the halfway point. I think so, yes. So I believe this is everything from this point heading towards the inevitable end. So this is this is officially the hump. This is the hump episode of Lost. It's the Wednesday of Lost. <laughs> <laughs> Wednesday the day or Wednesday Adams? Um well I mean she's emo, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she looks a bit like Wednesday Adams this week. The Wednesday Adams Claire look. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, one thing I'll say, it's good to have some actual Australians uh, when we come into the Australian part of this episode, so... Oh, uh, was it Officer Barnes? Or... Yeah. <laughs> actual Australian, Officer Barnes. <laughs> um, TV's Rhett Biles, uh, who <laughs> appeared in an episode of Nip Tuck, and I used to watch him in Home and Away, so, you know... Oh, there's... there's the... You finally found the crossover. <laughs> yeah. Still not in third watch, though. I still haven't found a, one in all three yet, but um, there's... The, the the exact character he played in Nip Tuck was a guy who gets kidnapped at a bar and has kidney stolen. So, um, not sure. Wow, he's, he's versatile. I know, can play Australian cop and guy at bar who gets kidney stolen. Is I remember he Australian? He is, because I remember in Home and Away, he um, played a principal at the school who dated Irene and was obviously Irene much older than he is. So it was kind of like, oh, go Irene the cougar. Um, <laughs> he is versatile. I know he can do Irene and get his kidney stolen. So go red. and yell at Claire when she's had a car accident. 
I'm not saying that, love, whatever he says. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we feel the need to impersonate really bad Australian accents when we just have to talk normally, right? Uh, <laughs> so I'm looking, I'm looking at Lost Peter here. Apparently, we were in the 1999 here for the flashback. So, um, I don't know why she's emo in 1999. Like, shouldn't she be, like, dressing like a Spice Girl or something? Um, was that... It's a bit Avril Lavigne, which I think was a bit later than... Yeah, that was, like, 2002. Gee, Claire, Claire clearly influenced well, Avril Lavigne. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. Maybe that's why Charlie's so into her, because you're the... You're, you're the influenced... <laughs> You didn't know she was so influential, Claire. Jesus, well, clearly, no wonder, you know, complicated, Avril Lavigne, like, clearly a song written about Claire, because she's complicated. (laughs) (laughs) Why'd you have to go and be so complicated (laughs) with my baby? (laughs) Charlie. (laughs) Shut up, Charlie. Um, It's a shame Charlie died, because Claire and her uh, drive shaft could have... (laughs) Had sort of some tour together. You all, everybody. Uh. You all, every baby. <laughs> oh god. Uh, well, it's you know it's been a while since we've had an eye opening at the beginning, and uh, it's Claire. <laughs> is it just me, or is even her acting when she opens her eye bad? <laughs> <laughs> just that makes... wasn't a module in the Emily de Revan School. Of <laughs> yeah. eye. To eye. open your eye dramatically, you <laughs> open it up. <laughs> <laughs> and voila um, but Of course Claire is the one that crashed the, <laughs> the car uh, We shouldn't laugh But um, you know it's How old is she supposed to be here? And I love the big reveal of this episode that this, Before she's been in this character She's been yelling at her mother telling her she hates her <laughs> I want to see that <laughs> Yeah that's the interesting Claire I want to see this car accident first screaming and I'm like, I hate you! All of you! It's all over you Claire was... <laughs> Again, we're, we're both terrible at maths here, but Claire was born at 1982. So w- what does that make her in 1990? 17. 17. Yeah. Right. I don't see a Obviously, P-plate on that car. She was a learner. <laughs> <laughs> she was a learner. <laughs> um, but yeah, she wakes up. 17, working at a piercing studio. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, and five bucks for a piercing in 1999. Good time to get pierced in Australia. Uh, <laughs> the 90s, the glory days. <laughs> glory days, the 1990s. Um, but yeah, so she's been in a car accident. Um, her mother's on the ground. And um, yeah, she's all crying and sad over her mother. <laughs> Next bit in the uh, flashback, we're going to meet Officer Barnes. <laughs> who I see has a page here in Wastopedia, so I'm hoping there's theories for Officer Barnes. Um, what, what is it? Unfortunately. No? Yeah. No. Oh, that's a shame. Barnsley. Oh, there's trivia. Uh, on his sleeve badges, state police. The police are organised differently in Australia than the USA. Police in Sydney are not Sydney police or state police. They are New South Wales police. Uh, sorry, uh, NSW police. NSW equals New South Wales, which is state of Australia like Florida is the state of the USA. <laughs> <laughs> Lostpedia assuming people are dumb in America. <laughs> oh, what's the well. state? Oh, like Florida. Okay. <laughs> oh, the thing that Florida is. <laughs> the badge is nearly oh. identical to the NSW police badge. 
I would love to see a a Barnsley (laughs) spin-off. He's kind of got like a bit of a young Grant Bowler about him, doesn't he? What wasn't wasn't Dominic Monaghan in like some terrible Australian cop show? Um, Was Barnsley? No, he wasn't. I I haven't seen him in a while, old uh, Rhett Giles. Um, don't know what he's up to. Surely there's someone we can get on the show. (laughs) Like, (laughs) no, not Rhett. They should reboot Rhett Giles. They're rebooting everything else. He's, um... Oh, he's he's currently making a TV movie called Dream Takers. Before that, he hasn't been in anything since Watercolour Postcards in 2013. Uh, Oh, we need to do the recap for Watercolour. Oh, I know. Oh. Anniversary month, isn't it? Yeah, he played Mike in... Apocalypse. Mike in the 9-11 Commission Report. That sounds exciting. (laughs) Oh, he's in All Saints. Good on you. (laughs) Every Australian actor's been in All Saints. It's nothing new. Um, Pirates of Treasure Island. (laughs) He was in King of the Lost World, which looks like the worst ever King Kong ripoff. King Kong! (laughs) Seriously, you need to see the poster. (laughs) <laughs> to King of the Lost World. <laughs> he played John Roxton in that. He has a he has a Facebook page and he has two hundred and seventy five likes. <laughs> imagine, imagine if you said no to an interview. Sorry, I'm too busy filming watercolor postcards too. <laughs> He hasn't updated his Facebook page since December 10, 2013. His last post was, Many thanks to all of you for liking Rhett Giles' page. <laughs> God, that's very cryptic if that was his last bit. I know. Is, is, is he still alive? <laughs> to which Sheila Spencer has commented, Is Rhett Giles and Bruce Martin Payne related? They look so alike. Both are exceptional but underrated actors, in my opinion. (laughs) We'll just get her on the show. (laughs) Oh, and hang on. Tanya Flack has commented, Like the page, just wish you had more information. There is not much on the internet about this actor either. Please consider adding more information. Would like to learn more about this actor. We could make a podcast about tracking down Retro. It would be like serial. You know, you know those like um, episodes, those podcasts where they recap a movie in like one minute. Can we just do that recapping Retro's Facebook in one minute? We don't have one episode. I think we should interview the people who have been trying to track him down yeah. on his face. This week so on Retro's Oz. <laughs> We speak to the woman who wants more information on Red Charles. Does she still want more I mean, information? I've been looking for Red for a few years now, and I found nothing on the internet about him. Only Kong, the lost, the lost king of the lost world. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a new tagline for the Oz Network. The Oz Network: more Facebook likes than Red Charles. We could interview Irene. And- oh, we could. We find out what he was like in bed. Uh, in what part of the globe are you? His uh, post from September 21, 2013. <laughs> Two oh. people have commented, just landed in Greensboro, North Carolina, from Brasilia, Brazil. That was Mason Lucan. And Jan Withers wrote, Australia, hope you're well, Rhett Giles. <laughs> well, clearly he's not. He's got, God, the, the case of the missing, what happened to Rhett Giles? I want that true crime podcast. They're all the rage. 
I think we need to branch off. Forget manifest. This is <laughs> this is the new thing. I have found a Rhett Giles on Twitter. It's not the Rhett Giles, but it's a, a Rhett, Rhett Giles. Yeah, we could get him on the show. <laughs> it's got a, a picture of him drinking a Bud Light, saying, "My weekend has started." Hashtag getting fucked. <laughs> I want the same woman to comment. Is this the same Rhett Giles who I can't find? <laughs> Hashtag getting fucked. Um. <laughs> That's going to be our new, our new slogan. The Oz Network. <laughs> getting fucked. <laughs> oh, yeah, King of the Lost World uh, has 2.3 out of 10 on oh. IMDb. That's, that's and it's got, a, it's got a lost connection. It says, this action-adventure classic where four plane crash survivors encounter danger in a world that time forgot. I thought you were about to say it's got a lost connection. <laughs> Tagged as the new lost. <laughs> <laughs> Red Giles is third Billy. Oh, wow. He's really made it. <laughs> who's, who's number one? Uh, <laughs> oh, the Bruce... Box lightener. Oh, there he is. I've been wondering what he's been up to. Oh, there we go. <laughs> does he have a Does he have a Facebook? Bruce Box Lightner. No does relation he, to Felix. Does he attend conventions? Uh, Bruce Box Lightner was in uh, the Christmas contract. Oh, of course he was. Uh, one of one of Hollywood's leading men. <laughs> He's edited his own page. <laughs> as, one, as one of Hollywood's leading men, Bruce Boxleitner started a major motion picture. Started a major motion picture. A. <laughs> and he's authored two science fiction novels. Oh. Well, I'm looking at uh, second billing, Jeff Denton. Uh <laughs> Jeff Denton is an actor and writer known for The Toy Box, King of the Lost World, and Daisy. Oh, we've got to recap King of the Lost World for uh, sure. I just want to get everybody from that show on and uh, for that movie on. What was it like working with Rhett Giles? How's Rhett? I just want to, want to know more about him. Tell me, what does he eat for breakfast? Does he smell nice? What sort of underwear does he wear? Anyway, so Red Giles is in the um the <laughs> the hospital with Claire. This is a Claire episode. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Whenever they flash back to Australia, particularly with Claire, why do they assume that every single Australian uses the word dear? So he's like, "Oh, it's all right, dear. Your mother's okay, dear." Like, what is it about Lost Riders? You think this is the thing that Australians say? Everyone calls everyone dear. Why are all the Australian cops kind of douchebags? Yeah. Like- Unfortunately, this is the police, not the dating police. Boom. What was it? You punched the Minister of Agriculture or whatever it was. Something about Julie Bishop or something. Oh, God. Um, So anyway, he's he's questioning her about the accident and bloody good old acting by Emily DeRaven here. Like, is that my fault? Don't blame me. Seventeen-year-old emo Claire. Like, what? Why is she so mad? It's like ah, the the truck hit us, whatever it is, and it's like it's not my fault. I didn't say it was. 
This is the greatest scene in Lost History, Barnsley and and Emily Duran. What is it like anybody contacted your father? Diamond or two? I'm sorry to hear that, D. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, Who was directing these two? <laughs> Emily DeRaven, self-directing here. Um, <laughs> um, she comes back to the hospital later. She's okay. Um, we meet... Aunt- Is this the first time we've met Aunt Lindsay? Oh. Have we seen Aunt Lindsay before? No, first time. Dick of the week. Yeah, well, you know... I why, don't- why are relatives always dicks in loss? Because they're Australian. Um, like she's gone home. The poor thing's been in a car accident, covered in glass. Glad you feel comfortable. She's got glass in her hair. (laughs) Oh, you went home for a shower, did you? It's not like she just got. Oh, I felt dirty. I just went home. She's got glass in her hair. It's not like she's out getting hashtag getting (laughs) fucked. Aunt Lindsay. Dick of the month. But then we get this doctor guy who comes in. He's not exactly got the greatest bedside manner in the world. <laughs> Dr. Like, Woodruff. Hello, dear. Uh, your mother's got <laughs> surgery, but she's in a, cur- a coma. I don't know what country she's from. Um, and then they... This, the one thing that kind of irks you when they say, like, when Aunt Lizzie's like, oh, we can't afford medical care. You're in Australia. You don't have to pay for it. I can tell Americans wrote this episode. Um, but then we find out, ooh, plot twist, somebody's paid for it. It's called the Australian government. <laughs> um, which, I mean, it's kind of like steady. Like, is there a purpose to this flashback other than the big twist that Claire's dad is Jack's dad? Ben, 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 let's not complain about this flashback. Based, based on what we saw last week at Lock at the... <laughs> I consider this one a win. <laughs> I just think all Claire flashbacks are pointless. <laughs> like, it's just... Uh... Well, if you think about... What makes this flashback so funny is... If you think about this one back... Remember Dick Thomas, Claire's uh, Dick boyfriend? He says to her in the first Claire flashback, Claire, what would you think... What would your mother think if she found out you are pregnant? She would disown you. <laughs> and then we'd later see that Claire's mother is in a coma. So that makes Thomas... Even more of a dick than what... Was telling, telling Claire that her coma mother would disown her for being pregnant. Maybe he, maybe he just knows so little about her. Uh, <laughs> and Claire's just like, yeah, my mum would disown me. Oh, well. <laughs> he was just a massive uh, Avril Lavigne. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, like, it's kind of just an odd thing, like, about the whole, like... I mean, I know it's just a tiny nitpick, but, like, they do study these things right about Australia to know that, like, this wouldn't be a thing. Like, no one in Australia worries about hospital bills. <laughs> like, it's just not a thing. We're fine. Well, we- there's also the um, the New South Wales State Police <laughs> inaccuracy, so... Kind of like Florida. Uh, <laughs> <surprised> <laughs> if there's not a, a Facebook a page on Lostpedia saying medical bills kind of like Florida... Um, Dr. Woodstruff, uh, Woodruff has a page, but no series. Woodstruff. Woodstruff. Played by Julian Barnes, TV's Julian Barnes. Um, Another Barnes. Yeah, they're all related. 
um, who has also appeared in Babylon 5, Seventh Heaven, and Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, I love Malcolm in the Middle. So do I. But So he's not Australian? Oh, Julian Barnes, the official website. Oh, it's a different Ooh. Julian Barnes. It's an author. Oh. <laughs> Got excited there. Um, was it the other Australia's Jodie Foster? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, Julian Barnes won the Man Booker Prize for his book, The Sense of an Ending. Uh, Ooh. Ooh, show off. Uh, I want actor, <laughs> Julian Barnes actor. Um, multiple Julian Barnes. He's English. Um, from Pacific Rim Wiki. There you go. <laughs> Is that the Julian Barnes? I don't know. How many Julian Barnes do you think there are? Um, There's three. Oh, he's from Days of Our Lives as well. No, this is the right one. According to IMDb, Lost Dr. Woodruff um, was in 18 episodes of The Young and the Restless, uh, was in uh, 21 episodes of Days of Our Lives, was in Revenge, um, Dragons, Gift of the Night Fury. (laughs) I forgot he was in that. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Oh, he was in Mars Attacks. He played White House Waiter. His, his first acting credit was from 1969 uh, as Boat Crew in Baby Love. <laughs> oh. We should recap Baby Love. Iconic role. Uh, just, you know, would people you go about home the... with a, Would you give a home to a girl like Lucy? <laughs> no. That's the tagline to Baby, Baby Love. Oh, starring the Diana Dawes. Uh, An English schoolgirl finds that her mother is dead. (laughs) Wow. Donna Dawes, who does not look like Marilyn Monroe at all, uh, (laughs) died in 1984. That's sad. Rip, Diana Dawes. Uh, The tribute, long overdue Diana Dawes tribute episode coming soon to the Oz Network. Anyway, so yes, uh, somebody's paying for the medical bills. Um, Good on you, mysterious person. Um, then when Claire comes back later on, it, we find out, oh, dear, there's an American doctor in there <laughs> for you. <laughs> I, w- I-, I missed the moment where the nurse said, why did you go home for a shower? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where's that lovely rest, Giles? What's he up to? Is there enough information on him, do you think? Um, God. she shows up and that... there's an American doctor there. Who could it be? Is it Jack? Is it? Is it Doctor Dream from ER? Is it McDreamy from Grey's Anatomy? Say, <laughs> like, what nurse would say, like, oh, I like the new American? Like, who would say that? Because <laughs> he's a dreamboat. It's Christian, Christian Shepherd. Um, I mean, he is a silver box. But... <laughs> he, I mean, he was Felix Lighter. I mean, come on. Um, I, I just want to read this. Uh, what it says on uh, Lostpedia. Uh, Claire later returns to visit her mother and finds an American doctor. Christian Shepherd in the room, lightly touching her mother's forearm. <laughs> Sounds like it's about to turn into some sort of sex novel. I'm uh, flirting. <laughs> Mom flirting. Oh, uh, uh, the nurse. Did, did you know about the nurse? Oh, I want to know about the nurse now. You should not confuse her with Elizabeth Logan, who played small recurring parts on TV soaps. This is oh. a different. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm glad you're there to tell me this because I certainly confused that with the other one. This is not her. This is Anne Elizabeth Logan, who's an Australian who lives with her husband and three children. Ah, oh. don't confuse the Don't two confuse of them. Her. 
this is what it says on something, is it? <laughs> and then the link to her IMDb, I swear, is not even her. <laughs> It's probably Marilyn Monroe. Um, <laughs> so, yes, Lindsay. Aunt Lindsay walks in, dick of the week, and gets all dickish again. And why are you here? Uh, you shouldn't be here. Um, and then the big plot twist comes along, and Christian reveals that she is Claire's father. Bum, bum, bum. Now, I honestly remember watching this episode going, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it was kind of just, yeah, I think most people's reaction was that. Um, I just remember that Channel 7 spoiled it a little bit because uh, they had all these promos. Two of these castaways are related. <laughs> and it was just... So you went into the entire episode just like, well, it's Claire and somebody. Claire and Charlie. Claire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been a great twist. Is incest um, okay on Mystery Island? Otherwise known as Tasmania. Uh, I remember being... I guess, well, not shocked because they kind of spoiled it, but I just remember thinking, like, what? Like, I remember not being, like, overjoyed with this plot twist. I remember thinking it was... And if you think about by the end of the series, they do... They don't leave this plotline alone. They return to it. But even at the end, it never really sits right. Mm. Like, you never really even think of Claire and Jack as brother and sister, even when they reunite. And it's... Yeah, there's just something about it that... I mean, they kind of teased it in the Anna Lucia Lucia flashback when Christian goes to the house in Sydney. But, and isn't... Oh, yeah, Aunt Lindsay's there during that, correct? Oh, good. um, Yeah, to me, it never really sits right. And, I mean, it, it makes sense. We saw Christian go somewhere, and I guess it's one of those connections, but... At this point, it was kind of like, well, it's season three. We need another big revelation. And it feels like they kind of just came up with this on the fly. It's just, yeah, I agree. Like, it, it's a very random thing that, I mean, yeah, you're like, it, it goes somewhere to a point. But, it, yeah, like, when we're on the island in season six and you got psycho squirrel baby Claire <laughs> and you've got Jesus Jack, yeah. like, it's, it's never Doesn't kind of... Really- yeah, like, he's not like, blessed be Claire, I must save thy sister and drink the fountain. Like, you know, it's just, it's, it, it, yeah. Like, it's, oh, well, Claire's off the island. Jack's dead in a puddle. Cool. Oh, well, there goes his sister. Like, family reunion at the shepherd house. Um, I guess if we can defend it in one way, it really does work best with, ironically, with our Claire during the season four Jack, Kate, Aaron stuff where mm. Jack's kind of getting a bit like, I'm related to him, and that that stuff actually kind of works with Jack and Aaron. So I hate to say it again, but the stuff involving Claire <laughs> is often the stuff that doesn't work. So now that I think about it, I guess that kind of works with Kate and Jack's plotline, but still like Christian banging Claire's mum <laughs> 24 years ago, I guess it works. It makes sense that he left after Jack disowned him, he went to go to his other family. So it ties in better than some of the other stuff in Lost, but it still just comes off as a bit too random for me. It kind of gives him that excuse to go to Australia. Yeah, it does. It, the The ties are definitely there. It's not like it's completely random, but I don't know, to this day. And when I first saw it, it was WTF, but it was also just, oh. And I feel like it's, 
after this episode, it's kind of forgotten until well into season four. Because we don't, do we ever get Jack's mum talking about it? Like, oh, you know, your bastard father went and slept with an Aussie slut or something like that? Yeah, she tracks him down in the flash forward. Right. And okay. she's a terrible actor as well. Also, <laughs> oh, we do get to meet Claire's mother. <laughs> she's really bad. What a surprise. <laughs> she, she, she is worse than Aunt Lindsay and uh, Claire Littleton. So the Littleton family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so her and Jack do meet later. I, I do wonder how this Australian Hollywood boom happened in the 2000s if this was what they had to go on on TV. Like, you know... <laughs> How did this become Hugh a Jackson thing? Jackson was busy actually being a major motion picture actor. Well, I remember watching Chris Hemsworth in Home and Away, and he used to be one of the worst actors. I hated his guts because he had one look on his face and every excuse to get his shirt off. He could not act to save his life. And, I mean, I like Chris Hemsworth. Well, to be now. fair, it that description sounds pretty, yeah. pretty accurate. <laughs> well, at least Chris Hemsworth's grown a personality since he was on Home and Away, <laughs> whereas, you know, Mr. Wooden back then. So, clearly, Emily DeRaven's probably extremely personable now. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen her in... I'm sure uh, she's lovely. I'm sure she's a very nice... I'm a lovely person, boys! Um, <laughs> Give me a second chance, will ya? We'd gladly have you on the show. We really, really would. We would We would write scripts for you so you could just sit here and go, My baby! Um, practice with us. You could. You could t- take us to the Emily DeRevan School of Acting. Like, just... I want to know. I've never interviewed somebody from Once Upon a Time. Uh, <laughs> it's a lifelong dream of mine. <laughs> Is that her last acting credit? Oh God, probably. Um, I don't know. She's probably going to. She's probably in Manifest next season. Um, <laughs> that would be the big twist. She'll be the main star of season two. <laughs> and lost, lost. Emily DeRaven joins the cast. <laughs> she was last in My a Manifest. TV... <laughs> she was last in a TV movie called Scorned, where she played Brooke, the Brooke. <laughs> Score. But previously, she was in 117 episodes of Once Upon a Time, so she was in more episodes of Once Upon a Time than Lost officially now. Um, what was she in Once Upon a Time? Belle French slash Belle Gold slash Belle. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna go on a limb and say she played someone called Belle. <laughs> Belle just, a, just, a, just a feeling, not sure, never seen the show. Uh, she was also in a TV miniseries in 2013 called Air Force One is Down. Um... <laughs> Oh, Lord. Um, I think uh, think I've seen some interviews, and she actually goes for the emo Claire look more nowadays. Well, in um, Santa Slayer, I think, she has dark hair in that, doesn't she? I think she's remembering. They're they're bringing back that that Roswell show, so I wonder if she's going to be brought back in Roswell. Of course they are. (laughs) They can bring back Roswell, but they can't bring back Lost. They can bring back Murphy Brown, but they can't bring back Lost. (laughs) What will they bring back next? Air Force One is down two. <laughs> Air, Force One. Air Force Two is down. <laughs> Air Force One is down two again. Uh, <laughs> Air Force One is still down. Uh, uh, according to this, Air Force One is down. Alison McLean's highly charged novel is brought to life for a contemporary audience in this tense international thriller. She's third billing as well. Um, so the rat billing. Yeah, she's uh, behind Jeremy Sisto and Jamie Thomas King. And uh, Gustav Graves' brother, Rupert Graves. <laughs> Rupert Graves! <laughs> it's just a bit of sport, Miranda! 
<laughs> I feel a bit bad that we're giving uh, Emily DeRaven the treatment that we usually give the <laughs> the very side actors of going through her acting credits. Well, and Air laughing Force, at them. Well, I have to say, Air Force One is down got a little bit more credibility because Linda Hamilton is in it. Uh, so how Ooh. bad was her career going that she had to appear alongside Emily to rap it in Air Force One is down? <laughs> Sarah, I, I, I would like to watch that. Yeah, just for Linda Hamilton. Sorry, Emily to rap it. <laughs> just got but interested. But wait, Linda Hamilton wasn't the first billing? <laughs> no, Linda Hamilton is one, two, three, four, five, six billing. She's behind wow. Ken Dukin. <laughs> that does make me legitimately depressed. Oh, Emily DeRaven plays two different characters in what? <laughs> it's a two-part Belle. miniseries. <laughs> Bell and Bell, <laughs> Door and Bell. Um, <laughs> where are we even up to in this episode? All oh, right, so she's at the tattoo parlor. She works there. That'll be five bucks. That is so cheap. I know. I've never had, it, never had a, uh, a piercing. But... Mine was like 80 bucks or something when I got mine done. So uh, I, I love that she just like does it and then straight away five bucks and then she's out of the store. It's a very non-personal piercing. Place. That's Australia for you. <laughs> Fucking get in, get out, mate. Hashtag gotta go getting fucked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I wish Aunt Lindsay was there. Like, you have a lot of nerve being here. <laughs> oh, having a job, are we? Glad we're comfortable. <laughs> so selfish. Making a make. Doesn't she work at Burger Shack or Burger Joint or whatever it's called? Like fish and fry. Fish and fry. <laughs> She's gone downhill. She has. She's gone right Made more here. I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure you'd make more money in a tattoo parlor than fish and fry. Fish and fry. Wasn't she getting like half of minimum wage too? Didn't we work out? She's getting like six bucks or something. It's like, um, in this version of Australia, healthcare costs money and you're getting well below minimum wage. The Harbour Bridge is in every single street corner of Sydney. Uh, So what is she getting here? Fish and fry is paying minimum wage. No. Jesus Christ. Maybe volunteer. Maybe it's an internship. (laughs) An internship. She would. Theoretically, still be at college, but we know she's not the brightest. So if she was a dropout, that's not a surprise to me. Oh, career path. Oh, Bloody yes. love, David Attenborough. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, thank God her mum does because we're going to watch some bird documentaries soon. Um, Christian comes in, wants some coffee, so they go get some coffee and we reveal. Don't the... you love movies, uh, John Terry, though? He's yeah. Star I mean... this episode. Just John Terry and Emily DeRaven, a pair made in heaven. Uh, Emily DeRaven's direct connection to the James Bond franchise. (laughs) Figures crossed for Emily DeRaven as Bond Girl in 25. Come on. Uh, Shatterhand Bond Bond Girl. Uh, (laughs) She should be the evil. She should be the the villain. Villain with that that hair. (laughs) Hello, James. (laughs) Yeah, she'd be good. Oh, God. My name is Ed Stavril Blofeld. Is John Terry still too old? Is too old to play Felix? Oh, John Terry can play anything, really. Um, he can probably play James Reboot Bond. him. Yeah. Why not reboot John Terry? <laughs> <laughs> it's time. He actually hasn't acted since 2013, John Terry, so I hope he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's like Rhett, what is it, Rhett Giles or whatever yeah. his name is. 
Honestly, since Lost, the only thing, since Lost, he only went in to be Nine Dead, where he played Shooter. I wonder if he killed nine people in that. Um, shouldn't laugh. Uh, then he was in Brothers and Sisters, that great TV show, uh, followed by the reboot of Charlie's Angels that lasted for like a week. And then the last thing that he apparently is in is The Fortune Theory, where he played Howard Fitzroy in 2013. Mm. You know, TVs. Yeah, who is fourth billing in uh, that one. Behind Eddie Rouse, Sarah Noble Peck, and Evan Williams. The Evan Williams. One thing in common, none of them have acted since then. Yeah. <laughs> See, there's, we're, there's a Bermuda Triangle of acting going on here. Um, mm-hmm. So they have coffee, and yes, he's had a fling with a, with a mum, and um, we find out that he did visit, and what did he say? Like, I sang you songs and lullabies, or something like that. <laughs> uh, and he then... Did. No, yes, exactly, he didn't. Um, and eventually just stopped seeing, and then uh, Christian basically saying that you should kill your mother. Uh, <laughs> but, but don't you... I think you missed the most important reason why he says he stopped visiting. Because of our bitch because Lindsay. Because Aunt Lindsay hates me. <laughs> why does that stop she, you? She, she hates everyone. <laughs> I hate She's you. having a shower. I hate all of you. Aunt Lindsay has a lot of a lot of baggage. She, she's like um uh, uh Boone's mum with Shannon, basically. Um Yeah. You know, just like No, you can't There's, do anything. There is um, theories on Aunt Lindsay. Oh god, what is it? I wanna know. <laughs> she is not connected to Jack. No. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> She is the mysterious waving figure seen in Lost Connections. Ah, oh, I thought that was her. It is far more likely the waving figure is Carol. A bit of disagreement on the theories page. As far as we know, the connection will be revealed in the next season. Oh, well, I wouldn't hold your breath on that one. Coming soon, season she seven. She is connected to Jack. I think two people are having a fight on the, on the, on the theories page. because There's just all these... Disagreements here. She is connected to Jack. <laughs> oh God. Um, well, yeah, season seven we might find out. Because finally, I do like here. She's played by TV's Gabriella Gabrielle Fitzpatrick. She's Australian, mm-hmm. um, and she first her first film ever was Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie. Um, and she's oh, a... you know, I've probably seen that. I, I did when I was a kid. I used to love Power Rangers. Um, and she's starred in such classic Australian shows as Police Rescue as Waitress <laughs> in the episode called Mates. Uh, she was in Paradise Beach, The Man from Snowy River. Uh, then she went on to NYPD Blue, Frasier, uh, Nash Bridges, coming soon to the Oz Network, Providence, Dragnet, 24. She's in 24? She was Diana White um, in day three, episode 5am to 6am. Yep, I remember that one. Uh, <laughs> you missed the most important one. She appeared in the classic Outback Steakhouse commercial. Oh, did she? Oh. <laughs> the best thing since Air Force One is down. She first appeared in the Italian film Via Motta de Pena. Yep. Oh, she used to be a model. Ooh. Well... Um, <laughs> She hated that, though. Uh, she forced all the models to quit. <laughs> she hates everything. And uh, when you Google image her, it comes up with a picture of uh, Emma Watson, because they look the same. 
Um, uh, <laughs> uh, oh, there's actually, there's actually, actually, I do think I do remember her from 24 because there's a picture of her on Kiva Sutherland. And now that I see the picture, I think I vaguely remember her character in 24. So, um, all right. Anyway, so yes, Christian didn't keep seeing her because she hated her. And then she's basically saying you should um, let your mother die, uh, but it's illegal to turn off the machine. Um, so, is it? <laughs> I mean, I guess it would be. So, um, but Claire uh, doesn't want even... To, what's the line she says about, like, you know, I don't even know your name, and I want it to stay that way. <laughs> Ooh, you Ooh, go, <laughs> Drop mic. Like... I do, I, I do think it's a nice touch that he says goodbye, kiddo. Uh, that's a mm. nice kind of Jack yeah. kind of connection there. But I, I forget how they even find out that they're related. Claire's mum. Oh, what? <laughs> you do have short-term memory because I, I do, think I'm... we discussed this five minutes ago. <laughs> I'm a goldfish. Um... <laughs> <laughs> what podcast are we on? Yeah, what's this? Welcome to Rob has a. All po- oh, right, sorry. Um, yeah, okay, cool. Good to know that I remember these things that you talked about five minutes ago. Um, so we have sort of a flash forward in the flashback. Uh, I guess this kind of connects into what we're going to see with this great storyline about birds. Um, and it's a few years later, Claire's pregnant, her mum's still in a coma. Um, and that we turn on the TV that, oh, look at this, we're watching Flying Birds. Um, I'm sorry, like, I watch a lot of TV shows and flick things. I'm not going to be stranded on an island and remember some random show about birds. <laughs> like, her mum and her used to watch lots of nature program. Um, and then she gets all sorry that she was a difficult daughter. I'm sorry that I told you I hate you before the crash. <laughs> Why has it taken her five years to say this? Uh, um... <laughs> I wish we saw Claire before the crash. She sounded, that was He's... rebellious teenage Claire. Do you think they filmed it? Like, do you think there was a deleted scene? Because, I, I don't know, it just it feels odd that this is kind of tacked on. Like, oh, guess what, everyone? There was a whole thing about Claire. She was a bitch of a teenager. Like, maybe they were just leaving this open to do another flashback on her at some point? I think it's just assumed she was <laughs> difficult. <laughs> well, she is difficult as an adult, so... Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've gone on a lot about this flashback. We've taken 42 minutes, basically, to get to this point. <laughs> Not even got to the good stuff. Jesus Christ. No one, no one listens to us. Uh, anything else to add on this flashback? No, I do think John Terry and the reveal, it is better than a lot of the flashbacks we've seen this season, but it makes sense that this is the last ever Claire episode. Oh, what a shame. Um, shall, let's go through the beach stuff with the birds. I reckon we could just kind of lump that all pretty much. Um, she's got a plate of fruit next to her that says good day on it because Charlie's a racist and just assumes that all Australians we do. So, um, And Charlie's all happy and oh, let's go for a walk on the beach and Auntie Sun and Uncle Jin can take care of her. But then creepy Desmond comes out when they're having a date on the beach. Hello, Charlie. Really creepy. Like he's just really like Desmond's odd this episode. It's like, I think the day might be better spent off hunting, don't you? Um, <laughs> it's like, okay. But then even... What the, a cock But Claire is like, 
the, the most stuff that annoys him in this uh, the whole thing is Claire on the freaking island. He just sees a bunch of birds. Of course, of course. Uh, <laughs> I know how to get off the island. Um, I'm sorry. They've been on there for 80 days. How has somebody not thought of this? Like, And Claire is <laughs> the one who thinks about this. Like, what is going on? And why is it always whenever somebody comes up with a plan to get off this island, no one goes oh, along oh, with it? <laughs> no, we'll see Locke next week, but it feels like no one wants to get off this island. Let's build a raft. And no. Let's build a help sign on the beach. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, the thing is, this is the dumbest of the three ideas. And because, it probably gets the best reception. But, like, it's so stupid if you think about it, because, like, I could go to a bird right now and see it's got a tag on it. I could write a note going, help us, we're the survivors of that Malaysian flight that went missing. We're here on an island. Send help. Where, where to look. <laughs> And that's when her, her note is so sappy at the end. It's like, don't give up on us. <laughs> I just... Where was Bernard? Is yeah, he still was... making a sign? Because he would be a major hypocrite if he didn't help Claire with this. Rose is too busy, like, you know, you're just a dentist. <laughs> She's the Art Lindsay of sign making. Uh... And too bad Arts is dead, because this is where we need him to be all like, you know, oh, birds don't migrate this way. We should have done this yesterday. (laughs) We see the bird that uh, Desmond catches is, like, on the rocks where the water is crashing. So this note, by the time it gets to any civilization, is going to be completely drenched. (laughs) They're going to read it and, like, Please give up on us. It's like all smudged. And... <laughs> I was thinking they should have just randomly revisited this in like season six. <laughs> just like had like a bird like land next to Saeed or something like that. And like when they get off the island. God damn it. <laughs> like, yeah, in, the, in, the, in the flash forward. <laughs> Saeed walking down the street. <laughs> <laughs> He's back at his French restaurant. He's about to cook a bird for dinner. What is this note? On this <laughs> Please help us. We're on an island. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do wonder what happened to the note. Because clearly it was a fail. <laughs> and didn't um didn't they end up putting the... What happened to the bottle with the notes on it? Did that get blown up in the boat? Wouldn't that still be floating in the water somewhere? No, that washed back. Remember? Oh, it came back to the island, didn't it? But wouldn't they send it off again? Couldn't they just send it back? <laughs> Why don't they do that again? Oh, well, it's back here now. <laughs> because these people hate plans. <laughs> these people are dumb. I'm sorry, they're stuck on a dead. They don't want to get off. <laughs> Locke Lock is really working numbers on all of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yes, Claire explains, oh, the birds are migrating south. And they're being tagged. Oh, we're going to put a note in its leg. Oh, fantastic. And then Charlie all of a sudden has gone from being super happy to, you know, what did he say to Claire? Like, why, Claire? You don't even know. Like, I actually really like Charlie this episode. He's a massive dick, though. But it's like just the way he says it. Like, you don't even know. You don't even know if this is going to work. Yeah. It doesn't make you an expert, Claire. But it's like uh, the the brief moment where uh, she mentions Australia and New Zealand. Woo! Australia and New Zealand. Uh, um, but, yeah, so they get into a bit of a fight. Um, yeah. I like Jin with the net with, like, Claire. 
like good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've written uh, Gin and Claire mild net floating. Here. I know. Yeah, they're, they're catching under the net. Potential, potential, potential couple yeah. caught in the net. Exactly. <laughs> Spin off coming soon. Um, so, and then Sun has a conversation with Claire about like, oh, I was going to get married to a fisherman. I'm sorry, Sun, not the best actor in this. Like, I think hanging around Emily DeRaven has hurt her in this episode. Because like, there's, there's a moment when she like comes running back to camp and she's like, what is it, Claire? It's just like, it's so bad. It's just, it's, it's just like Terry O'Quinn is off at the fences and, uh, like, Evangeline Lilly and Michael Emerson is off at the others. So everyone left on the beach. It's just, I mean, I like Yeonjin Kim, but... Yeah. Yeah. Anyone around Emily DeRaven's acting just automatically drops down 10 points. Um, I love it when they're about to catch a burn. Dick Desmond walks a bang. <laughs> I was poor hunting. <laughs> I just... I get he's trying to save Charlie, but... Just the way he goes about it. Yeah, I don't just... understand it. Like, I don't understand what the point is of him scaring this bird away. Like, no one just wants to get rescued in this bloody show. Like, what? it's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, he's trying to save, well, Claire's life or Charlie's life, but it's just, there's ways around it. What if, like, he had a shot Claire? Like, what if Claire was <laughs> well, at the net? We could only hope. <laughs> I, I do it. like a sassy Claire, though. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> And it goes off at Charlie, and Charlie's just there looking after Aaron, as he keeps saying. <laughs> but, like, I, I, it does annoy me, though, the way Claire, like, her acting like, Oh, Charlie, I don't want you coming near. I don't want liars near my baby. <laughs> what has he lied about, Claire? <laughs> <laughs> he just said that he didn't think it would work. Yeah. <laughs> liars. Uh, <laughs> You're a liar. And then the worst bit next is when she's following Desmond, who's just going near a rock. What are you doing, Desmond? <laughs> He's looking at a rock. What's wrong with you, Claire? What is he meant to be doing? <laughs> oh, God. And then the big reveal is, oh, he's found a bird. And, oh, here it is. He's got a little thing on it. And, oh, and then Desmond finally explains what's happening because it's the big reveal for Claire. Um, And then what does he say? Like, oh, over there's where Charlie died. And then they kind of, like, go to an ad. So it's like, oh, Charlie's dead and we haven't seen it. (laughs) What idiot believed this? He was actually watching (laughs) <laughs> Thank you, the same, Charlie. The same woman that's commenting on wet files Facebook page saying, I've lots of more information. Imagine if that actually was how they killed Charlie. And next minute we're at a funeral. I didn't know Charlie very well. I didn't know he came to the island. But he did come to the island. And I got to know him. Boat! I eat now. Boat. Boat. Where is Zahid? I want him to be cooking some, uh, some uh. son of a bitch. Uh, so Claire is no longer angry with Charlie, and they're going to write an esc- a, an rescue a rescue note, uh, and then we get this kind of sappy little speech That's over the top. Sappy. It's like we have lost life, but we have offered a new life. <laughs> uh, oh, and then, 
it's then, sappy, but I guess for the the halfway point, I guess it's kind of cool to look back on. Yeah. All right, we're we're halfway through. Yeah, I also like the the bit where um. You know, Claire just comes back and automatically believes this sort of stuff. This is coming from a person, what, a season ago, who, when poor old Charlie's having drunk, like, weird visions and accidentally nearly, I didn't mean it, Claire, and they get locked to punch him. Now it's all like, oh, I believe you, Charlie. I'm not going to let so you she die. Also, she also believes in star signs and horoscopes, so we know that Claire's not the most intelligent person. Mm, especially with a fish and fry. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I guess you're right. Like, it's it's a halfway point of the season, so... Uh, the show, sorry. So, um, on that instance, it kind of works. But, eh, it's a bit sappy. Anyway, let's get to the good stuff of this, <laughs> this on the island. Uh, so, our, our our belovable group of Saeed, Locke, Kate, Rousseau, and Mikhail... Uh, the away team. The, the, <laughs> the away team. Um, they're, they're still trying to track down, uh, follow this map... Um, and is this the one where, uh, Locke and Saeed get into a bit of a fight? Like, why are we following this? It's better than following your stick or whatever he says. <laughs> Those two have been at each other's throats for absolutely no reason for the last three episodes. Mild flirting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But um, I'm, I'm with Saeed. Stick coordinate thing is so dumb. Yeah, exactly. And they've found, like, a map. So, you know. <laughs> I mean, oh, no, this is dumb, Saeed. It's a map. <laughs> What do we need one of them for? <laughs> the island doesn't believe in maps. <laughs> if they wanted us to find this map, then why didn't Mr. Echo have it on his stick? Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it more next week, but I'm so unimpressed with the writers and their treatment of the character of John Locke in season three because it's just terrible. It's Yeah, it's kind of odd. And then it just... You kind of really dislike Locke this season, don't you? Yeah. They, they go out of their way to make him incredibly unlikely. Which, I mean, we get a great flashback next week, so it's kind of, it's, yeah. Um, Kate and Rousseau are having a bit of a one-on-one time. and Kate's I like about, those two together. They, they kind of look like they could be related no. as well. Like, maybe there's a Maybe secret. that's what people are thinking when the Channel 7 commercial. <laughs> the secret French mother Kate never knew she had. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Kate asked her, like, why aren't you asking about a daughter? And then Rousseau sort of, what does she I say? Like, oh, Jack. if, if Jack, you know, you didn't see him for 15 years and he didn't, you know, recognize you. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a nice, I, I, I start to really like Rousseau. Not that I never dislike she, Rousseau, but it's kind of a, she thing is like, a, can we just say two things? Can we just say how absolutely show stopping Mira Ferlin is? Like she mm-hmm. shows everyone up in, like in these past three, she is great. Like after we're on that beach with Claire and all these other people, and I know Dominic Monaghan is a motion picture actor, but even him at times. But Mira Ferlin, the subtlety of playing a crazy person, we see, we see in season six that not everyone can play crazy. We we'll get a case in point <laughs> later. Not naming any names, but <laughs> yeah, not naming names, but the subtlety of of Mira Ferland's crazy acting is just so damn good. And the way she delivers lines about Alex and stuff like that, just my trophy trophy of the week goes to Mira Ferland because I think she doesn't get enough credit because she is kind of a recurring character, but also point number two, you're right. Russo, like 
I'll be ranting in season four that she didn't get a proper send off because Russo, like, she is the best of the recurring characters, and we needed to see more of her. She just kind of just randomly gets killed off, doesn't she? Because I always remember that no. episode. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically an on. It's basically the Charlie death that you were talking about. It's pretty much off screen at that point. Because mm. I, I just remember with her, like it's kind of like it just happened, and then it's like, okay, that's Russo, and you, I like you always, yeah. I always expect there to be more. But it's like, nah, that's it. See you, Russo. It's like, okay. I will be right. Um, she last acted in uh, The Art of Murder, a TV movie, as well as Space Command Redemption, a TV <laughs> series from 2018. Although she's currently filming uh, Burning at Both Ends, where she plays Agnes. So Agnes. Agnes. She's great, though. She's not like an She's really good. Yeah. Let's get, let's get her on the show. I think we tried, but we didn't get a response. Uh, why is this episode called Paravion? Because that's the name of mail that you send. Oh, is it? Oh, is that what it is? Okay. I don't speak French. It's French, right? Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, um, there, there's a bit of a conversation here. Kate talking to Mikhail about how we got on the island and... We hear the mention of the submarine and kind of lock his ears perks up a little bit about this. Um, and that we learn that they can freely leave the island if they want with this submarine. But uh, since the uh, the blue, the purple sky, basically, that they can't now because they won't be able to find where they're going, essentially. Um, and they're sort of... It's kind of... I like McCallum. They're sort of him trying to be like, oh, you know, you're not capable of understanding what we're doing here and things like that. Um, and then he mentions the list. Um, and it's like, you know, only those on the list. And it's like, what are you talking about? And it's like, oh, I was here because of a magnificent man. The list was made by this. And they, this is where Kate thinks he's talking about Ben. And it's like, yeah. oh, Ben is not the man. And that, um, yeah, that uh, they're not on the list. Says that they're the not on the list. The big problem with this is that Kate was on the list. But, uh... Is there a lock on the list too? Yeah. And, well, so Kate is not on the list because she's flawed. Locke is angry, and Saeed is weak and afraid. But, you know, I love Lost, but Kate is on the list because she is flawed. <laughs> we later learn the reason that they're all on the list is because of that reason. Is it, do you so. think, though, it's one of those things where he's just he's saying this to make them believe they're not on it, even though he knows they're on it? I guess you can retcon it that way. Uh, or you could say that Jacob has many lists, but... Um, what I don't get about this is uh, Rousseau keeps saying like you should not talk to him because he will not give you answers except for every time that she asks Mikhail something he gives her the answer so they should have just kept asking him all this stuff hmm yeah because like even before like when we got um, you know just tell us if we're going the right way yes you are (laughs) 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 um so Saeed is kind of like, oh, no, you don't know who we are. And he's like, no, I don't know who you are, Saeed Jarrah. And then he's like, I don't know who you are, John Locke. Um, it's kind of cool. Have you noticed that the others love to do that, though? Yeah. They always, the, we'll see it next week as well, but the others just love to say, oh, yes, Jack Shepard, I don't know who you are. I know you were a doctor. I know you were married. I know you were... Like, they just love to show off their knowledge about like, the castaways all the time. And then they're very proud they've done their research. It's like, I studied for three weeks, stayed up every night. I know everything about they you, are. John Locke, born on the 8th they, of September. 
<laughs> they are proud of their research. But isn't it he's also comes in and he's like, oh, I am aware, John Locke, that you were a parrot. And then it's like, Russo comes in and it's like, everybody, come over here and look. <laughs> it's like, shut up, Russo. <laughs> What's he meant to say? Um, and then if you ever want to realise that this was filmed in the same place where a lot of Jurassic Park was filmed, we come across a dinosaur fence. <laughs> Giant metallic pose. This shot really reminds me of Jurassic Park 3, kind of when they come across a big giant fence. Um, I love the sonar fence. Though. We'll see this yeah, a lot It is cool. These giant It's a cool pose. idea, I think. I, the thing I love about this sequence here is like when he's sort of mentioning what they are, um, I love badass Locke. Like, I know it's kind of like you meant to hate Locke this season, but I just love how they're talking about him. Locke just randomly shoves McKay. He's just... There's something... I don't know why they made him so irrational. This I, I like it too, but literally everything John Locke does this season is just so irrational and not thought through. But it is pretty cool as well. The thing that it kind of also is a bit weird, though, is when he's all like, you know, oh, this goes around the entire barracks system, and then kind of side looks at the map and goes, he is right. Like, did you not notice this when you stared at this map, like, 20 times? It's like a... Wouldn't you say, like, what is what is this circle thing around the thing? Like, you know, like, it's kind of obvious when you look at the map. Um, but... It's Locke, cool idea, though, the sonar fence. That yeah. It's not... Not like an electric fence. It's based on like noise and stuff like that. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. No, I agree. And kind of he gets shoved through the fence, and then he sort of turns and looks, and he's like, "Thank you." And then he starts uh, getting <laughs> rabies and frothing at the mouth and bleeding everywhere, and uh, supposedly dies. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think. Don't think we should eulogise him just yet. The thing that I've got to say, though, like, as much as Locke is becoming Dick Locke this season, and yes, he's just on edge and doing everything. I've got to put a bit of blame on some of these people with him because he's just blown up a house. Naughty lock. You shouldn't have done that. Shove this guy through the fence. Naughty lock. Why did you do that? <laughs> like, it's kind of they're just letting you get away with this all of a sudden. Um, we're going to get that next that week, Rousseau aren't we? Is such a, doesn't care about anything because she would be the one to shut it down. Yeah, like, it's just... It's kind of just, come on, Kate and Saeed, if you're this angry with this man, like, do something about it. Um, so, Locke's getting questioned. Uh, then all of a sudden they find C4 in Locke's backpack. Because <laughs> why not? <laughs> I, I wanted to make it like the dynamite, like, with, ah, it's like, ah, boom. <laughs> I love this. No, no, I'll get it. I'll get it. Yeah. I'll get the air. <laughs> it's so kind of like, you know, oh, naughty lock got caught with smokes in his bag or something like that. Um, and then he's like, I thought you didn't know that there was C4. Uh, <laughs> it's like, well, you never know when C4. Apparently he's Claire now. Might come in handy. Uh, and then Kate comes up with a great idea that, hang on a minute, we could go over the sonar things, because, like, did they not think of this, the people who built this? Uh, and then <laughs> they just knocked out a tree, and Kate Old just climbs over it. Don't you, don't you love that we get, a like, a Gummy Joe tree-cutting montage in Moss? <laughs> <laughs> we need the, uh, the Lumberjack song from Monty Python. <laughs> here's the Lumberjack, and here's John Locke. <laughs> I'm sad we didn't get to see Rousseau climb the tree. Yeah. They should have done that first, though, because, like, if it, you know... She was a bit expert. <laughs> but, like, well, you know Kate's not going to die. They're not going to kill her off in, like, in two seconds like this. So, like, you put Rousseau there where it actually would be a bit of tension because mm-hmm. Rousseau's expendable. That's true. Like, this way you just know it's going to work. Um, 
So they end up uh, getting through here and they discover the barracks uh, and they sort of find it and have a look and then, uh, you know, what's going on here? Oh, yeah, there's some people walking around and, oh, look, there's Jack. There he is. Yay, Jack's here. Yes. God, we've not seen him in four episodes. I know, record, our hero, here he is. Now he's running at our screen. He's running straight away, if only this was 3D. Like, it'd be like, oh, there's Matthew Fox, there he is. <laughs> not punching any bus God, drivers. Quick, quick, Jack, escape, you're nearly there. Come on. Like, I do. I, I like the way they kind of do this introduction, because he's running towards him, and of course, Kate's first thing he's like about to yell out, Jack! Because, you know, you think he's running there. But no, he's catching a football. Oh. <laughs> and then, plot twist... You're playing a lovely game of football with Mr. Friendly. <laughs> and we, we, know, we know that old Tom Friendly has a big crush, so. <laughs> but I do like the way that kind of Jack catches the ball and he kind of like does a bit of a touchdown and then the dance. <laughs> Which. Our hero. It, I mean, I will admit, like, I remember seeing this episode and go, wow, okay, yeah. what's going on here? Like, Jack's being turned. Our hero is evil. So. Yeah, I we're, we're joking around, but this is an amazing cliffhanger to an episode. It's so memorable to the point yeah. where I. Controversial, maybe, but I would maybe put it up there for a top five moment just because I, I think everyone can vividly remember watching that for the first time and it it's a legit cliffhanger and, like, maybe Jack has been turned and just the way it, it works with the football and him running and then the touchdown, it's a really good cliffhanger. And I guess, too, like, as you said, we haven't seen him in four episodes, so it's kind of, we're, you know, we're happy. Like, oh, here I am, here he is, Jack. We've not seen him since the tattoos. Oh, God, that episode, yes. No wonder he was running away. He's trying to yes. get off the show. <laughs> That's an exact recreation of him watching <laughs> Stranger in a Strange Land. No, I'm not watching this episode! <laughs> I shouldn't have done it. Um, so, yes, that's the end of... Have you ever seen that, like, lost in eight-minute recap? Yep, yep. Do you know it's the bit I'm It's been a while, but, uh, so yeah, I have seen it. Jack is playing football with... Uh... Mr. Friendly. Mr. Friendly throws like a girl. <laughs> All I remember from that one is Boone dies. Sad. <laughs> <laughs> it was sad. I like that woman that narrated. Oh, Boone. Uh, popped up on my uh, Instagram today, looking all good and showing off his <laughs> eight and a half million followers. Did I tell you that uh, there was a random... Uh, this is just us having conversation on air, folks. Just don't mind us. Um, there was a like supernova or one of these kind of uh, big comic ones that came to Australia at the end of last year. And Ian Summerholder was one of the main people that were there. But I had oh. left and I was living in New Zealand. Otherwise, I would have gone to it. I would have paid like, what, do you pay like $100 to get in? Like $100 to meet them? $100 to get a photo with them? $300? Get the Ian Summerholder. Worth it. Bloody worth every cent. <laughs> I'll have to wait for it. Supernova soul. <laughs> he does. He doesn't come to those ones. <laughs> <laughs> how, how much was it for Rhett, Rhett Biles? Oh god, that would have been like five hundred dollars just to meet him uh, without a photo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so just maybe a bit of trivia here. Um, yeah, you're right. Paravion is French for by way of air, and is used to designate airmail. Um, for for a transcript of the rescue letter, see Gull. Um, <laughs> as in seagull, or <laughs> oh, Lostpedia is making a pun. <laughs> I get it now. Um, gulls appear on the island during what Claire believed to be a migration. <laughs> Please theories. Don't theories. Um, there's trivia. The bird Claire and Desmond handled was an adult silver gull. Its range comprises of Australia, New Zealand, and New Caledonia, according to on- ornithological literature. 
It does not migrate outside its year range, blah, blah, blah. Interestingly, the message does not explicitly contradict the official cover story later purported by the Oceanic Six. Neither does it give a number of survivors. Six, eight, 40? <laughs> They've got all that with their bracket and question marks. <laughs> Thanks, Lostpedia. Nor does it state how many of them exactly died on the island. Um... I what? John, have you noticed on all the Emily Deraven based articles that they really have to lay it out like six, eight, forty? Florida's a state. Even better. Uh, nor does it state how many of them exactly died on the island, nor anything else. It doesn't outright contradict the state of the Oceanic Six. The only possible contradiction might be the part about heading back to Fiji. In brackets, who told them? How did Oceanic Flight A fifteen end up on the Sundra Trench? Um Sure. Okay. <laughs> what Back- happened to the letter? That's what I wanted. Oh, yeah. Back to the trivia. Uh, initially thought to have been a blooper, Macau can be seen breathing following his death. This was debunked when mm-hmm. he turned up alive in the episode DOC. Well, thanks for spoiling that for us. Uh, visible at the barracks are men and women using a lawn fertilizer cart, bicycles, <laughs> swing sets, carrying backpacks. There is also a child. Um... Uh, the name embroidery on the medical uniforms worn by Dr. Woodruff in the hospital in Claire's flashbacks are reminiscent of the Dharma uniforms. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh. oh. Noah, I'm so glad they've got this trivia because I didn't get it until I read this. It is revealed in this episode that Claire's father is Christian Shepherd and that she is thus Jack's mm-hmm. half-sister. This will not be addressed in show until the end of the fourth season and Jack and Claire will not meet as siblings until the last recruit. Um, Good and yes. Yes, exactly. Production notes. Uh, here's the one to confirm it. This is the 61st produced hour series out of 121 hours, making this episode the halfway point of the series. And then it's got Matthew Fox, Jack, and MC Ganey, Tom, appear without speaking lines. Um, a, pod- a podcast rehash for the episode was released on March 20th, 2007. Um, okay. Um, there's bloopers and continuity errors. Um, okay. Oh, this one's a big one. When Claire is in the car accident, the speedometer is clearly shown with miles per hour as a predominant measure of speed, whereas in Ormond, Australia, it will be kilometers per hour. Also, the siren heard in the background is American, not Australian. So that's your blooper, not the fact that <laughs> the healthcare in Australia is free. Um, oh, actually, hang on a minute. There is one underneath it, Ben. Good way of reading this. It is unlikely that Claire Llewellyn would be forced to pay any medical expenses as a result of a car accident in Australia. The cost of medical expenses would be borne by CTP or Medicare. Naturally, any insurance company would seek to limit their exposure to cost, but Medicare is obliged to fund the life-threatening medical care or public patient and CTP. Okay, cool. Awesome. Right. Um, question. Don't you love that Medicare gets an appearance on... Is there a page for Medicare on... (laughs) (laughs) Trivia. Medicare could have been... (laughs) Um, Theory... uh, Not theories. What am I talking about? Uh, Questions. Questions. Why is Jack evil? Answers? Uh, did we have something about who was Christian visiting? I don't have the sheet, so I have no idea. Uh, how did Christian Shepherd get on the island? Where is Christian's body? Yes, we did. Who was Christian visiting in Australia? We have answered that question. Oh. Look at it us. Was this the Littletons. It was. All right. Let me cross that off our list with uh, double question. strike through. I mean, uh, you could say the one about Jack, but I feel like 
it's obvious that's going to be answered. Yeah, so it was no, never really a long-standing question. Um, what will happen to the birds? <laughs> the notes? Yeah, nothing does happen in that. Even Shannon's inhaler was revisited. Yeah. Uh, can we answer why isn't Nathan Fillion in movies? <laughs> we can answer why a lot of other people aren't in movies. <laughs> never gets old, that question. Never gets old. Uh, all right. Um, so, what are we doing with this episode? Are we renting, buying, or clearing? I'm binning. <laughs> uh, we laughed a lot in this episode, but there's quite a bit going on. Like, I really do like everything with the pylon, except for just lock these past few episodes. It's just really off. Um, but Mikao is great. Rosario is great. I really like uh, Kate this episode. Um, you didn't really talk about her, did we? No, she's good. The plot twist, again, it's not one of my favourites, but I guess it, season three is kind of lacking those <gasps> moments of season one and two, so it's nice to have something going on in the flashbacks for once after all the flashbacks we've had this season, as most of them have been kind of trash. Um, the goal storyline is just awful, but it gave us lots to laugh about. Um, yeah, Emo Claire's in there, so... The cliffhanger at the end, so I'm going to rent this one. Halfway through, halfway point, everything from here on out, we're heading towards the end. Not the greatest hour of loss, but there's enough in here for me. Yeah, uh, I think this might be the first clear episode that I'm not binning, so... Um, Did you bin uh, Raised by Another? Uh, That's a great episode. Did I, I bought that one. No, I rented it. It was a very low rent. Um, so... Um, I'm renting this one, but I've got this one as the lowest rent. Um, I have this just above the first bin of the hunting party. So, um, and just below maternity leave. Okay. So, um, my, my three Claire episodes, I have 53rd, 55th and 56th. So they're all there and thereabouts with each other. Um, I have the moth better than every Claire episode. No. Uh, where do you have this episode, Noah? Oh, God, let me just... Uh, oh, God, I'll tell you. Rankings, lowest... When I ranked it, uh, what, in 2013 or whatever I did, so times t- times change. Oh, Jesus Christ, I don't want to say. Number two. <laughs> it was six nine. Oh, really? God, that's, that's high. That's very... You were high. Well, I guess it's not high, but it's probably exactly kind of in the middle, but... Is that your highest oh, Claire yeah, episode? You know. uh, no, it'd have to be Raised by Another, because I like that. Yeah, Raised by Another is at 53, and Maternally Leave at 57. Oh, Jesus. It's your lowest Claire <laughs> episode. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's power over. Double Claire. Double Claire. Claire. Lost and double Claire. <laughs> but next week, we finally answer a, a question that I think we had, what, in the second episode of Lost, wasn't it? Uh, the first episode of Lost. Um, the yeah, why is Locke in a wheelchair? We're gonna finally find out. Sixty-two episodes into the show, uh, the man from Tallahassee. I always think it's gonna be a Sawyer episode, um, but it's no, not. Kind of is in a way. Um, but the flashback's great. I mean, I actually really like next week's episode. So um, I don't know if. I'm about to find out if I'm an idiot for liking it or it's not one that I'm not meant to like. I don't know, but it's obviously the great with the big reveal. 
with wire locks in a wheelchair. Um, we get another twist at the end. Very big twist at the end, actually. Uh, that was the one, wasn't it, with Channel 7 having, like, the big question marks. Like, who is in the room? Um, so, yes, there's it's a big... It's a big twist, but it's kind of like... It's definitely one of these twists where it's even more so than... What? Jack and Claire are This one's like, what the fuck? Like, how are they there? Um, so, yeah, I, I enjoy it. The Man from Tallahassee. Yeah, uh, they're on a roll with answering things these past few weeks or showing us new things. Uh, it's about damn time. Um, so, I'm yeah, I like this one too. I think it's generally regarded as, compared to some of the trash we've had in season three, this is a step up. And... I have my problems with it. I think the treatment of Locke this season is majorly flawed, but there's a lot going on this next week, and I kind of like it. It's, a bit, it's almost 24-style, how it kind of just happens over one night, which is kind of cool. So, yeah, there's some good stuff going. And, I mean, it's the last good episode, at least for a week after that, right? So, um... Well, <laughs> agree. Oh, God. I don't want to talk about that episode. I'm sick that week. Um, in the meantime, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe, all the relevant channels, and um, yeah, we look forward to continuing to talk more about uh, Lost and everything else in between, Rhett Biles as well, um, and yeah. what are, where is there more information online about Rhett Biles? We will find out, probably not, for you next week. But in the meantime, thanks for listening. My name is Ben, and I'm going to go get hashtag getting fucked. Uh, my name is Nora and I'm also gonna get <laughs> You stole my damn ending. Oh my baby. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.